morning, listeners. It's your boy, Mason Taylor, a.k.a. Hashtag Guy Boss. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Alex, a.k.a. Morning, morning Smoothie and Ice Coffee. <laughs> and welcome to our 22nd episode of Where's, Where's the Action? The action? All right. Let's dig into it today. Thank you for tuning in, listeners. We are back after a brief hiatus. Uh, you know what I think we are, Alex? What? I think we are the McRib of podcasts. You don't know when it's coming back, but when it does, you might want to give it a try. You know what I mean? <laughs> the McRib? Yeah, we're the McRib Wait, of podcasting, bro. McRib is back, though, right? Yeah, that's what made me think of it. Have you had it yet? No, I've never had the McRib, <gasps> but I, I did see an ad on Instagram that it's back. Somebody, I, I, I watched a YouTube review for McRibs and uh-huh. he said the new one tastes like it would be better if they took out the meat and just left the barbecue sauce. Really? It yeah, it was bad. Dang. I mean, it's not even rib, I don't think. Anyway, you know, we should probably <laughs> already wanna... derailed. How many seconds are we into it? 45? I, I actually really want to try it, though. The McRib. Am I hearing a, a Where's the Flavor episode? We could. We can do it remotely. All right, let's do it. But we'll be in the middle somewhere. If it's a limited time offering, then we got to hop on it as soon as possible. Yeah, true. But that's the thing. It's always here, you know, like you never really miss it. Uh Uh-huh. You know, but anyway, all right, let's dig into this. So today, (laughs) our full disclosure segment, for those who are new um, or for those who have just forgotten, the full disclosure segments where we just kind of dish all the hot goss um and you know just kind of give some updates not really not really too many updates this week uh i see alex is <laughs> putting the full disclosure notes uh well why don't you you can go ahead and, and do yeah that one. so full disclosure um by the time you're listening to this uh the day before sunday um daylight savings which is very it was so out of the blue for me because i didn't know it was going to be daylight savings this weekend <laughs> um until i noticed like something on the calendar i was like what is this like event that's happening on sunday but it's daylight savings <laughs> and so when i was talking to mason i was like dang we get an extra hour of sleep and so um so funny story i had a alarm set at 7 a.m today and but my natural self like woke up but in reality it was 6 a.m <laughs> oh, that's rough but uh i was like okay wait a minute wait a minute i was like why did my alarm not go off but then i realized it was daylight savings and so i had an extra hour of sleep and so i went back to sleep and then after that i started my day um yeah so happy daylight savings <laughs> yeah this is the good one i think the the one in spring is the one i hate because it's spring forward where you skip an hour yeah, that's rough. I remember that one. But yeah, this one's good. I I actually uh, we rescheduled this for the recording time because it was going to be later in the day. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, hold up, we get an extra hour. Let's just do it back because, you know, your boy got to get you sleep. You know how uh-huh. it be. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Got to cool. get that beauty sleep. I don't know what's going on, but uh, but yeah. So uh, do I have anything full disclosure? Um, I don't know. I could go into how I hate dog parks. <laughs> 
Did you have a negative experience with the dog park recently? I, I guess I'll get into it. I guess I'll get into it. All right. So there's this there's this dog park. You know, we're we're in so I live in an apartment complex and they have this this gated area designated uh-huh. for dogs. You know, it's kind of standard around apartment complexes. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Paul Park. First of all, why didn't they call it Jurassic Bark? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right? Second of all, they let all these dogs in here. The dogs don't know each other. I told somebody else this one time. It might have been you, Alex, when I was complaining earlier. This dog park is literally fight club for dogs. They let in <laughs> this Great Dane, and then the Great Dane will start beating up a little two-foot chihuahua. And then, you know, I hear barking because it's right next to my apartment because I'm on the ground floor right. right next to Jurassic Bark. And I can't not hear it. They always fight. And then you always hear the owners like, hey, hey, enough, enough. I mean, they just throw the dogs in there. Uh, And and there's, you know, excrement everywhere. Nobody cleans it up. It's a dog park. And Mm -hmm. and they're just letting all these dogs fight each other. I think there's I think Michael Vick would be proud of that place. I'll be honest. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised he's not there right now. But Mm -hmm. I digress. I just don't like how people just throw their dogs in with each other. Random strangers, you know. I don't, I don't know. I, it's a weird concept to me. I can't really grasp it. Oh, dang. I have a, I have a dog park in my apartment complex, but I've never like walked over that area. So I've never seen if there's any dog fights like, like yours has. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, just check it out one day. You'll see blood all over the place. I mean, it's bad slobber everywhere. It's atrocious. Oh, atrocious um yeah honestly i don't have anything else for full disclosure (laughs) there there is oh speaking of dogs there's a dog um in the apartment above me and so sometimes i hear it barking in the morning kind of wakes me up uh but (laughs) but see this is the problem with dogs it it barks more on my brother's side of the apartment (laughs) because like i think the side of my apartment like i don't really hear footsteps on that side occasionally the dog runs over there but ryan says that his side of the apartment he hears all the footsteps and all the bark all the barking in the morning i'm like dang i got lucky on my side (laughs) (laughs) yeah bro um you know Mm. speaking of some upstairs neighbors i haven't had a problem with them except there's a dripping noise that comes down um, and it's only right above my bed. I don't know what it is. There's no leak as far as on my bedroom ceiling goes, but there's mm-hmm. always just a perpetual leak in the system. I don't know if it's an AC leak. I don't know if it's a bathroom leak, but I mean, you would think that their bedroom would be right above mine because it's the same layout. So right. I don't know if they're just doing it on purpose. They have one of those turkey basters and they're just, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I filed a noise complaint against them because for the leaking sound. For the leaky sound, I filed a noise complaint and a, a maintenance request because <laughs> it wakes me up. I'm not even kidding you. Five thirty in the morning. Oh, maybe it is like maybe it's just like there were water pipes in that area or something. I mean, I I know it's probably not their fault, but it still yeah. has to be addressed. Um, and, it's not you, know, you guys, but I'm gonna blame it on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they get evicted. No, um, but yeah, I mean, I can barely sleep as it is, so I don't need all that that racking and clanking and, and leaky. It's it's literally like water torture. Oh dang! You know how they used to do it in the in World War II, where they would just drop water on your head. 
so mm-hmm. you'd confess, mm-hmm. bro. That that's me. I'd tell you anything <laughs> if I heard that. Just ask me anything while I'm while I'm asleep, and you'll mm-hmm. get it. I'll narc. <laughs> I'll narc on anything. All right. Uh, moving on to our sponsor section. Uh, yeah, we've we got, got some doozies today, people. <laughs> we got one good one and one not so good one. Um, why don't you? Why don't we start off on a good one? So, Mason, why don't you uh, talk about your sponsor for today? Yeah, sure. So, I usually okay. I've had. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I've had bad experiences with haircuts. Particularly, I'm not going to say names. Her name <laughs> is Vanessa. She works at Great Clips. All right. Did I just say her name? Oh man, she works it's at the Sports on... Clips. What? She works at Sports Clips. Oh yeah, she works at Sports Clips, quote unquote. Um, yeah, just so we. She works on the one in in Montgomery Plaza, but not going to call her out <laughs> in Fort Worth, Texas, zip code seven six one zero seven. But anyway. <laughs> So I, I had gotten a bad haircut from her and I was like, you know what? No more. I'm not getting a haircut ever again. I had a consultation with Alex and he said to me these wise words. He said, you know, you should never skimp on a haircut because, all right, I'll be honest. Would I walk into great clips, excuse me, sports clips. Would I walk into sports clips with a six ninety nine coupon that I got in the mail? Yes, I would. Okay. Would I leave a less of a tip because I got the discounted price? Of course I did. That's the whole point of the discounted price. I think that's why she cut my hair badly. And then Alex said, you know, you get what you pay for. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't want to face the fact, but the, the, I mean, it's true. The most I've ever spent on a haircut is $20, including tip. Shout out Hokey Hair. Uh, I'm in Blacksburg. Great establishment. So this time I'm like, all right, let's find a new place. I got to get a new pad. I got to get a cool vibe. It can't be great clips or sports clips. It's got to be a local place. So I found this place called uh, what? Uh, I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called Floyd 99 barbecue. No, uh, not barbecue. <laughs> uh, barbershop. 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 Floyd, Floyd 90. I wish it was barbecue too. That'd be cool. You can eat like a slab of <laughs> Barbecue and coleslaw, open face sandwich while you get your hair cut. Anyway, the, that's the a hair would idea. fall. Remind me of that. The hair would fall in the in the meat in the food. It's seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So literally, I went to this Floyd's ninety nine place. First of all, cool vibe. You got the the rock and roll aesthetic. You have posters, rock and roll posters all over the wall. You have like deep cut Beatles music playing in the doors and, you know, even a little bit of uh, there was not a lot of Doja Cat, which I was kind of disappointed in, um, but they didn't play, you know, Jack Harlow or anything, which I was happy about. Um, and I kind of wish they played the new rock song, um, not like rock and roll, but the rock like Dwayne. The rock uh, Johnson. Yeah, I haven't I, even heard the whole thing. I haven't either. <laughs> I kind of want to and I wish they played it. But anyway, anyway, anyway. She, I had this, this woman, shout out Sarah from Floyd 99, if you're listening to this, um, and she probably is, this haircut has been one of the best. I think it ties with Erica from Greensville, South Carolina. If you recall on a past episode, I think I mentioned the, the wicked haircut I got from Erica. Um, but this has been, she tapered it at the back. She shaved my neck, which I didn't even know was included in the haircut, um, now, it turned out to be 30, including tip. But you know what? I would rather pay for that than a bad haircut. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going with Alex here. You can't skimp on a haircut, people. This is the PSA. So go to Floyd 99's Barbershop and also get some barbecue while you're there. Great establishment. 10 out of 10 um, would recommend. So, yeah, maybe I'll post a, a pic of the haircut to the Insta. Well, I guess yeah. you'll see it in the in the, <laughs> in the post for this episode. But, yeah. All right. You know what, Alex? I think it's time to get into your sponsor. <laughs> My sponsor, uh, not so today's episode is not sponsored by Designated Survivor season three on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I watched this uh, Netflix show, or it wasn't original Netflix original, but then they continued the season three on Netflix. Um, but season one and two uh, is like a regular like. Um, cable network show and so designated survivors uh, pretty much the plot is um there's this guy who works in the government and he's like the last in chain of command like literally the last spot to be put into the president role if something were to happen to the president and everybody else on the list after him and so um so this guy unfortunately like the uh the capital gets bombed and then the uh this guy named um tom kirkman is now the new president and so pretty much season one and two was great like everything was like super uh super intense like there's a bunch of like spy things involved as well and a lot of um just like political things like political but to an point like nothing too in depth which i liked because if it was all political, I wouldn't just watch it because um, I did like more of the spy things and like the more of the uh, military things as well that was happening. So like all the different missions that they were sending agents to. Um, but unfortunately, in season three, uh, <laughs> season it went down th- bad from there. Let me tell you, it was that. it was so season one and two. Great. Uh, you guys have to watch it. I think it's a it's a worthy binge show. Um, season one and two. Definitely season one. Uh, season one, I watched like three or four episodes a day. Um, and then so season three, uh, so I w- started watching it probably like a couple months ago and just just recently finished season three. Um, but season three, um, they had like kind of one mission pretty much throughout the whole season where there's like this bioterrorism um, pretty much getting established and a couple of bombings as well but it was mostly focused on the bioterrorism but they kind of killed it off probably middle of the season maybe near the later half but like after that um there wasn't any like other spy missions and then but like for season three a good amount of the uh the whole plot was the re-election of tom kirkman um and so like from half of the episode it'd be like doing stuff about oh we got to go here to rally up votes or like oh what is the strategy for this state um how do we like approach that or like oh one of the uh, opponents have posted this what is our like response to to how are we going to um tackle this issue and so you kind of took away the uh the more day-to-day things of what the president did because it was more just focused on oh re-election re-election i'm like oh, i don't care about that 
<laughs> yeah, because you, you, I mean, it's safe to assume that he's going to get it again. So like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I like the show because I like the nitty gritty details of what happens of like, oh, like this attack happened here or like, oh, this, this like trade with this company or not company, um, this country is taking place. What is going to happen? You know, like all those different types of things um, or like, oh, this aerospace company is trying to do this type of project. Um, and then like, how's the, how's the president involved with that? And so yeah, and there's a bunch of wide range of things that the president does, and it's just like um, heat of the moment type of decisions as well, which I liked about in season one and two. But then in season three, it's just kind of like, what happened to all of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so, yeah, it's just a little rant. Like, so this sponsor is not, or this episode is not sponsored by Designated Survivor <laughs> season three. And the last episode was just like awful too. It's just like, okay, they didn't. They like left two things like hanging, like um, someone got pregnant, but like she never conf- like talked to the guy who was also on the president's staff. And then another person like, yeah, she took down someone that was like working behind the president's back, but like she didn't really get a good like hero moment for like solving that issue. And then, yeah, it's just, it's kind of all over the place, but you definitely got to watch season one and two um so yeah yes season three don't really need to (laughs) i had never Uh, seen this side of alex before i mean he rarely gets mad at things but when he does i mean he would text me every time he sees a new episode of season three he's like i can't stand this this is the worst i've ever seen (laughs) but i would get the updates for it um uh, i remember watching the first one when it was on i think it was abc the first season it was uh pretty good but i never you know, finished it. And so then when you started watching it, I'm like, I wonder what, you know, the rest of the seasons are looking like. <laughs> but, um, thanks for the recommendation or not recommendation. Yeah. That. Okay. So moving on to the actual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. So today uh, we released an Instagram poll, you know, how we used to do it back in the day, throwing it old school with the, the classic poll, ver- me versus Alex. Um and in a 25 to 75% split, uh, my movie won. And my movie I picked was Dune, the new Dune movie. Um, we will get to X2 eventually. Don't worry about it We're down the line. Um, but, you know, I had never won one of those polls before, so it felt good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're going to go into Dune today. Um, we're coming at this from two very different perspectives. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. So... I'm coming at it from a perspective of I completed the book because Dune is based on a book made in like 1968 or something long time ago. And it's kind of one of those seminal sci-fi novels that, you know, it's, it's kind of in the lexicon of, of people's brains. And especially now with the new movie out, uh, it's even more so, but I, I watched the book because I knew there was a movie coming out later this year. And so I said, Oh, I'll read the book. And so I kind of already knew the lore and I already knew the characters and I already knew what was going to happen. And so I, and also for the other perspective, as far as my um, perspective goes, I've seen it twice. I saw it once on HBO max. And then I saw it again in theaters because I was like, you know what? I got to give it a chance in theaters. The HBO max just kind of didn't hit with me. Uh, it wasn't respectfully busing. It was busing, but not respectfully, yeah, but we'll totally get into that. Um, now, um, from my understanding, uh, what Alex has told me, 
you have not read the book or you weren't fa- really familiar with any of the source material at all, right? Right. I didn't know this was a book. Um, I ignored that I know that there was also a old older version of this movie as well mm-hmm. back in the, the I, I forget what year but something was 84 yep okay okay so back in the 80s um and but i, I did know that it was on hbo max because i saw like oh it was like one of their new movie releases because they put it on the app and so you can watch it there instead of the movies but uh, i didn't look too deep into like what the movie was about and so yeah, and then when I was talking to Mason, I didn't know it was a book as well. So, and from my research, there's a bunch of books as well. There's like more than five books as well for this. Yeah, there. For this so saga. Frank Herbert was the original author, and he wrote six himself. But then his son picked up the story and wrote, uh-huh. I think, like six more. So there's a lot. <laughs> I've only read the first book, but I'm working uh-huh. on the second um, uh-huh. because this Dang. movie kind of uh, kind of revived my my fervor for the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I kind of like how we're doing two separate, you know, kind of just uh, ways of looking at Dune. Like you have fresh eyes, never mm-hmm. known anything about it before. And I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to say a pro, but I kind of know what's going on. So it's going to be interesting to kind of delve into the movie with those two perspectives in mind. Um, so, yeah, so we'll get into it. So Dune from this year, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know how you say it correctly. Dennis Villanevis. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he has made, he's kind of one of the new uh, directors on the block right now. He's kind of uh, showing his, his stuff. Um, so he actually did, uh, he did Blade Runner 2049 a few years ago. Um, I never saw it. I saw the original Blade Runner, but I never saw that. But I heard it was really good. Um, he did Sicario. I haven't seen that. But I also, he also did Arrival, um, and I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but that is also one of my, I'd say top 15, um, but Denis, the way he directs is, he doesn't really do these big spectacles as far as action goes. I mean, besides Sicario, that's pretty action-packed, um, but he does more of these understated, slow burn, more of like character building and world building than just big explosions. Not to say that Dune doesn't have that. Uh, But this is definitely a different movie than we're used to reviewing because usually we do, you know, we've done stuff like, I don't know, what what if, I don't know what Godzilla versus Kong and (laughs) Mortal Kombat. And then we get to this movie where we were struggling to find action scenes. Um, (laughs) So with that being said, we're kind of going at it with a different angle. We're just going to give our thoughts on it. Um, I know I have a lot of thoughts and Alex probably does as well. So we're just kind of do that instead of delve into the action scenes themselves, because mm-hmm. like I said, there are not a lot of them. It's more of about world building and characters. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the landscape of, of the world. Um, so I guess we can introduce the characters first and then kind of go into some, some surface level plot. And then we can just kind of discuss it from there. Um, so we have quite a few characters and, Um, I can kind of go into if they translate well from the book, uh, but we have, I mean, there's at least, what do we have? 30 people listed here. In my notes, I said, there's way too many people in this movie. Just cut the useless people and just, (laughs) you know, just have whatever is needed. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, okay. So first 
our main hero, his name is Paul Atreides. He is played by Timothy. What is that? Bathmat. Hold on, hold on. What, what's the Chalamet? Chalamet. Timothy I Chalamet. I didn't write that. I didn't write that. I think I wrote it. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Okay. He plays Paul Atreides. And uh, honestly, I think um, Paul is played to a T here from the book. I think uh, Timothy did a great job at kind of adapting that role. Uh, but he is the uh, he's the son. He's kind of like the son of this royal family from a planet called Caladan. Uh, his parents are Lady Jessica, played by Rebecca Ferguson. She was in a few Mission Impossible movies, I think the most recent ones. Uh, so that's where I had seen her from. I don't know if you've seen her anywhere before. Mm-mm, I haven't. She's a new character for me. Okay, good, good. I mean, she's a, she's a MILF. And then, let's see, moving on, we have <laughs> Duke, the Duke Leto Atreides, who is Paul's father. He's played by Poe Dameron from Star Wars, a.k.a. Oscar Isaac. Um, what a great character. I love this guy. Um, just mm-hmm. a great, solid performance. Uh, but those are the parent. That's kind of the royal family from Caladan. Then you have a few of their kind of assistants. So you have a guy called Duncan Idaho, played by Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa. Um, this is one of my favorite performances in the movie. Um, that He's kind of like the weapons expert, but also the um, he's kind of like the, the spy almost for, for the, the Atreides family. Then you have another guy, Gurney Halleck, played by Thanos of all people. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's the he's also a weapons expert, and he helps Paul train for for the combat in this movie. Um, then you have the bad guy, the big baddie, Baron Van. Is it Van or Von? Baron Von Harkonnen. Um, I don't know. Anyway, he's played by Stellan Skarsgård, who I don't know if you you're familiar with him, but great great actor um very fat bald man in this movie um mr and he can and he can float three times float right he can like float around and stuff yeah he's got those things on his back which i don't remember from the book but the book was kind of dry so i don't really remember much from it anyway Uh (laughs) um so yeah so he's the big bad he can kind of float around and you just see this big bulbous belly out in the open just flopping around great stuff then you got his Mm -hmm. nephew he doesn't do much in this movie um he's played by drax and his name is raban robin robin hood i don't know robin, Shout out robin hood robin robin <laughs> robin robin yeah robin, robin yum um <laughs> then we have stilgar played by javier bardem he is the leader of the fremen who are native to the planet of dune uh to the planet of arrakis and so um the that there are like three main pieces like moving pieces moving uh houses so to speak in the in the book or in the movie and we'll discuss that as well um then you have chani played by our girl zendaya um mj Uh, she's mostly in flash forwards in this movie and you know coming from a perspective of yeah i read the book first i kind of figured that um, they shouldn't have put her in the marketing so much because honestly, I knew she wouldn't play a big part in it anyway. So that's kind of the marketing departments. But you know, you have Zendaya in a movie, you gotta hype it up. Um, yeah. So then the last really main character—I don't think he's a main character. He, he kind of plays into the plot. His name is Doctor Yui. Is it Yui? Yui. Yui. Doctor Yui. He's kind of the Caladan doctor who turns out to be not 
so. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of characters in this movie. Um, what I will say about this is that they are able to balance so many characters, but also give them each personality and each a, you know, you kind of know who they are. I don't know if you felt the same way, but those are the, those are the characters, man. So what, what did you, I guess, what was your first, I guess we'll just kind of go into what was your first impression of this movie? Like opening, like once you finished it, what was, what were you kind of thinking? Um, well, my overall impression, it's a good quality movie, but not my type of movie. <laughs> right. Uh, from my perspective, I think the plot was just too slow for me. Um, not there's just a lot of talking, um, like you know, back and forth. Uh, like obviously, the different parties involved always, um, and like also there's it's kind of like politics as well. Uh, well, politics, quote unquote, um, pretty much. Uh, like there's like trade negotiations stuff like that. Um. But that, like, obviously, that's kind of, it plays into the main plot, which I understand, but, like, it's something, like, I wouldn't really be super interested in. I'm more here for, like, the effects and, like, the, the camera work, the quality of work, um, and, like, pretty much the action scenes, the limited action scenes. Um, but for the most part, I think my overall impression was, um, I think the plot's okay, but it's just not my cup of tea of, of what's happening in the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's completely fair. I mean, yeah. so let me ask you this, I guess, were you, cause I, I'm, I'm curious because I kind of knew what was going on, but did, were you ever lost? Like, did you kind um, of understand everything that was going on or cause it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is a lot of stuff. I had to, I had to watch some YouTube videos on like what is going on, <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, I didn't know like the plot was, Oh, um the emperor turned bad on the the royal family and the royal family had to harvest or maintain the, the certain sp the specific spice i forget what it was called but it's called spice um and that supply like went away because of the uh the mega worm that's on the planet <laughs> and so now like they're they pretty much have to survive on their own without the spice and so yeah i mean like the plot wasn't too deep but i think like since you know like a deeper perspective um you probably understood it more but for the most part i i i would say i kind of knew what was happening but after watching some videos um and did help out with what was the the overall intentions of all the characters yeah i think that's a i'm glad you said that because um i was kind of wondering how they were the director was going to pull this off because uh -huh. this is about as best of a movie adaptation of a book i think i've ever seen because mm -hmm. it really does translate everything onto the big screen. But see, the problem with the book is there's a lot of just voiceover work. It's like, right. oh, Paul thought this about this. And, oh, Lady Jessica thought this about this. And it's just a lot of that. And I was wondering, how are they going to translate that? Is it just going to be voiceover the whole time? Um, but they actually showed everything instead of just... And even with, with like facial expressions from the actors. I mean... Every single performance in this movie is top notch. I can't think of a single one where I was like, "Ooh, that's not, you know, like everybody played their parts. And, you know, from the book, they actually enhanced uh, the, the parts of the book that I didn't like. So, for example, I'll just throw out a scene. Um, and again, this is going to be, you know, spoilers because, you know, the movie's out. Go watch it. Um, but so there's a point in the movie where, you know, the Duke dies in the movie. 
and you know he's one of the main characters he's the dad of paul and the you know the the husband quote unquote of lady jessica and so now it's kind of like oh dad's dying in the book paul doesn't even cry because he's like his mom's like ah don't cry you have to save your water because all the water counts on this planet but in the movie they let him cry to show that humanity and <laughs> you know paul in the book is just so bad he's just like He's a whiny baby and all he does is just he has no emotion whatsoever and he just walks around and just blah, 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 blah. But that's why I like this movie way better because it actually enhances the characters and um, gives them more depth than they would otherwise. I mean, I I hated Paul in the book. I love him in the movie. So Mm. but um, I'm glad that you were able to kind of at least kind of figure out the plot. I mean, Mm -hmm. because there's like I said, the book is thick. She thick, kick, kick, kick. With like yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw on a movie it's like more than like 400 pages for the yeah. book. It's a Dang. lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And it's just like I said, it's just a lot of exposition. It's just a lot of uh-huh. plot. Um, but that being said, this movie is only a part one. And yeah. so <laughs> like, there's, there's more to be a part two. And if it's anything like the book, part two is gonna be way better than part one. Uh-huh. Um and honestly, I so when I heard the movie was going to be split into two parts, I was like, okay, where are they going to split it? And mm-hmm. it kind of splits exactly halfway through the book too. Oh, um, nice. The book um, is is kind of it stops. It's like halfway through the book is where this first movie stops. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's kind of standard. Um, but yeah, that's I, I mean, it's a good point. I'm glad you said that about the the plot. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we can. I don't know. What do we? <laughs> where do we? we where can, should we go? <laughs> we can give a because there are two action scenes. <laughs> <laughs> My okay. So the the action scenes I wrote down, they're like some like stuff did happen, but it's nothing like too crazy to like talk about. Really, <laughs> there's <laughs> arguably one scene that's the, like the the palace scene or well the hallway. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Aquaman saves the day. Right, right, right. But then what about the scene prior to that? The palace uh, surprise. Eh, yeah, I would say that's meh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get. I guess we get to see a little bit of the action here. So basically, uh, long story short, <laughs> the, um, the Harkonnens, who are the bad guys, they used to be on this planet, Arrakis, and they used mm-hmm. to get the spice. And then the emperor who r- rules the whole galaxy or whatever, um, sound familiar? He was like, "Yeah, um, uh, we'll let we'll let the Caladan people go on the planet, and take it over. Harkonnens, you got to head out." And mm-hmm. so they did. But now the Harkonnens want it back, and the Harkonnens are now on the Emperor's side. And so now you have the Harkonnen warriors, but also you have the people called the Sardukar, who are the Emperor's kind of bodyguards and and warriors. And they're really prestigious. They're very warriorly. Uh, you know, they they've got their tech suits on um so yeah so then they basically do uh they run a train on the caladan people they do a double team on the the caladan warriors and and like so so what's interesting is in this universe you have these shields um oh yes this kind of made it unique to dune and in the book i didn't really know exactly what they were describing but seeing it on screen it makes perfect sense so basically everybody has the shield around them um and they and it gets visible so when something gets close it turns blue at that point of contact but then when it 
it, it just takes a little more instead of just stabbing somebody, you got to like really push um, mm-hmm. to get it through the shield. And then when it does eventually go through the shield, it turns red around mm-hmm. the impact area. So I thought that was a kind of cool visualistic choice, especially because, you know, the, the color palette of this movie is kind of just tan. Um, <laughs> so seeing nice. the blue and the red in the contrast between the fire going on and the explosions, it's, it's a really cool contrast. Um, and it makes it kind of unique in that way. Um, so definitely, yeah. So the, the basically, yeah, the palace scene is where the Caladans get flanked and it's, I mean, it's good. It's just classic. Uh, it's mostly sword battle. There's no, no guns or anything like star Wars. Um, you know, so you got like the knives and the, in the swords and that's kind of the main action. play. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, like I said, or like you said, I guess this movie is just kind of more world building at first. So now we mm-hmm. know all the characters and then I think it's part two will be, will be much better, but yeah, I don't. I don't really have anything else to say about the palace scene. Uh, I think the only thing I wanted to add was, um, like they're when they're like invading the area. It's just the camera work was pretty well shot, in my opinion. Just because they were shooting, they're like dropping bombs everywhere. So they're like dropping bombs on the palace, and then also like on the machinery that they had, and like any of their their aerial. Uh, vehicles and so you just see a bunch of explosions um and i think there was like a super good wide shot of like all the fire that was just um like being like uh started like you just have explosions after explosions and then you see the whole like the whole place is just burning to ashes and so mm-hmm. um yeah that was the only thing i wanted to add I was like oh this is like super good camera like wide angle shot um and then you know kind they kind of just like pan the whole area from different angles um yeah that was the only thing i wanted to add besides i mean it's just kind of just explosions everywhere um yeah i, I mean they did actually, look good explosions. yeah yeah like michael bay would be proud of these yeah the effects in this movie bro are, are top notch i mean mm-hmm. i don't think you could have improved on them to be quite yeah. honest with you i mean uh-huh. just the way that everything is designed and um like they've got these grasshopper or no, no dragonfly looking helicopters. They're oh, called yes, ornithopters yes. in the book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Those are such a cool design and they look so cool. Um, they've got like kind of, they look like a dragonfly with like four wings on the side and um, mm-hmm. that's how they move around. Um, and then, you know, just, yeah, the cinematography is just, I mean, what else can be said at this point? Everybody, I mean, what a, what a great looking movie, but the see, you, some um... people are like, I, I don't I don't like it when movies are style over substance, uh-huh. but I feel like this movie had substance because it, there was a, a plot and there's a lot of moving pieces, you know, so I never really felt that in this movie. I don't know about you, but no, no, I, I think this is a, a great style and substance movie. Um, I focus more on the, the style of the movie. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think given the source material, I think this is the best they could have done uh um, without it getting too boring. You know what I mean? Right, right. Mm -hmm. This one, I'll be honest, it started to drag. (laughs) The last like 20 minutes are a blur to me both times I watched it. Really? Yeah. Like after they see the big sandworm, shout out sandworm, mega worm. uh, They're like (laughs) mega species to Dune. um, Uh And they like kind of eat everything if you make a noise on the sand they'll just and they're huge too they're i don't i don't even know how to describe it it's probably like 
40 times the size of a person. Um, Not even way bigger than 40 times. Way bigger? Right, yeah. 100 times. 100 times. Yeah. These things right, are huge. Times. They're giant. <laughs> Imagine getting Think sloppy it. toppy from that worm. <laughs> Think of it oh, like man. a size of like a like a NASA rocket. That's what I, that's what I, how I thought. Oh, of it. I was thinking like 50 NASA rockets. Okay, so like yeah, bigger. Okay, so yeah, in the scope of that large, but then multiplied a hundred times, <laughs> they're huge. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, these these people are are beasts. Uh, but they're they're kind of like the native worm to Dune. And so mm-hmm. they're always giving trouble to people trying to collect the spice, which that's the whole the whole point of the movie is, you know, over spice. And in the book, it was meant to represent the Middle East. And so you just replace spice with oil. And then, you know, you have the, the Fremen who are, you know, would obviously the pe- be the people who lived in the Middle East. And then you just have other interests coming in and kind of like the U.S. and stuff. But interesting, interesting uh, allegory. I don't want to go too much into that, but. Yeah, the sandworms, bro. I mean, you you wait till the second part. If you if you are gonna, do you think you'll watch the second part just to kind of finish the story? Uh, if it comes out on HBO Max again, then I will. But I wouldn't go to the movie theater to watch it. <laughs> wow, bro. I don't know. When I watched it on HBO, I couldn't. It couldn't keep my attention. Oh, well, yeah. I had to like pause it and just <laughs> take a lap around the apartment complex and then come back in just to get back into uh, it but gotcha. uh, the theater was definitely the better experience mm-hmm. it's, i don't know it just made a few more grand and like you felt like you were on arrakis with the sound and the speakers and stuff so yeah i was gonna say like this movie for the visual effects is unless you don't like unless you don't have like a like super high quality like 4k plus tv um i think the visuals is worth it going to the movies uh, and then if you do it in IMAX as well, that'd be even crazier because you get to see everything just blown up. Um, but I, I think the viewing experience with my TV was great. So I got to see all the detail, maybe because you, you, got, right, you, got, you, you got the little boy. Uh, you know, I, I have think... a 40p TV. <laughs> it didn't serve the movie justice. <laughs> it's from 2012. All right. It's a Vizio. It's been with me since since the beginning. Uh, what else can be said about it? I've seen so much on that TV. Do I remember any of it? No, because nothing <laughs> makes it out. It's all blurry. Courted by the the flip camera. <laughs> From what I can like think about, oh, that's that's like your your quality TV. <laughs> it, it, the problem is, it's just too small too. Like I might as well just yeah. watch it on my iPod Nano. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, Oh. All right, so let, all right, let's do a segue here. Let's do a little okay. segue. Okay. Who was? We'll do two things: favorite character oh. and favorite performance. So, who do you favorite think gave it their all as far as like acting? Who do you think was the best? And also, just your favorite character. Mm. Well, for me, favorite character would be Aquaman, also mm, yeah. also known as Duncan in the movie. Um, I don't know. I I I think he just caught my attention more. Uh, well, I, he he's just mostly in the action scenes, and then he does like have some other plot points part of the 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 whole plot pro- 
pro- progressiveness. Um, but yeah, I think uh, he's my favorite character. I would also say like favorite. Well, I wouldn't say favorite performance. Um, I think I would say the the dad was my favorite performance. But for a favorite character, uh, yeah, I, like his um, his action scenes. Uh, well, the the second action scene of the movie really um, was really great to watch. Uh, I I liked all his combat with uh when he was saving the royal family or helping the royal family escape and so you know the acting scene when he was part of just taking down the henchmen um like him like flipping around i, I remember he was th- he threw a knife at a guy as well um and then well, you love those knife throws i do it's it's great <laughs> <laughs> and then the other points where he's taking on like i don't know maybe 15 guys in a hallway uh and like he he takes down like half of them at first and then the other half the other half he's just like laying dead but then he actually comes back to life (laughs) um and then takes them out so he's able to help the royal family escape Uh, but i think that overall performance was was great um on his side so i liked his character i think him putting like just having him for for the action scenes was great uh i haven't seen aquaman so hopefully he does great action aquaman and the aquaman movies and then also justice league um and then performance wise i think the dad i think his overall performance was great like he i don't know he he gave very good dad vibes but then also like leader leadership like vibes as well just because pretty much he has a whole planet on his back and so i it just felt like a good connection with him just thinking of like my experiences with that school and so you know seeing how he like takes whatever step to do what is right for his uh for his people i think that was great and i think there's like other things as well where i can't remember the quote but i think he cared more of his son than like his son thought he would imagine i think like son didn't from my perspective i think the son was like oh my dad doesn't like love me as much as like the dad actually does love his son and so i think the dad showed a great amount of um connection and just love to his family and so i i really like his uh performance where you literally took my answers <laughs> i had the exact like literally in my notes i have the exact same thing like as far as as duncan idaho goes that hallway yeah. scene really set him apart. But also, I mean, I guess I can go, I can go a different direction with it too. The fact that he, I don't know, he just feels so real with the other characters. So like, especially with him and Paul, him and Paul have a good relationship in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost feel like Duncan is one of Paul's, uh, not idols, but more of just, well, I guess he kind of just looks up to him, you know, yeah. um, like, like another father figure when, when, you know, the Duke is, is out, you know, making diplomatic relations and, and setting strategy for everything. Duncan is kind of the one that Paul turns to when his dad is not available. Um, yeah. And I really like the care, the character interaction between those two, but also, you know, Duncan has such an, a loyalty to this family, like eventually further through the movie, when he reunites with lady Jessica and Paul after they get kidnapped, I mean, he hugs them both. And then you just really feel the kinship between all these characters, but especially mm-hmm. Duncan, he just brings something else. Every character he interacts with, it's just such a charismatic individual. 
Like you, you feel that it's real. And so I think uh, Jason Momoa should be applauded for this, this character. I mean, really, like I said, they, they bring so much more than the book offers as far as character goes. I mean, this is just way better than anything the book could have pulled off. And so, yeah, Duncan, Hida, Duncan Idaho with that and just the, the hallway scene we mentioned where he's, he's uh, you know, he's guarding the, the royal family, Lady Jessica and Paul. Um, and also uh, Liette Kynes, who is the planetographer. Um, she doesn't play a major role, but she's in there. Um, and so he kind of shuts himself off and he does that motion where he puts the sword on his forehead. Um, mm. And that, that kind of just shows respect to the Caladan. It's like the Caladan warrior way. He's just smiling. He knows that he's going to die uh, because it was kind of foreshadowed because Paul has been having these flash forwards through the whole movie, these visions. And so he did see Duncan Idaho was dead. And Duncan had a great quote where he said, you know, dreams are, oh, what, did, what was the quote, man? It was, it was good. Was it that quote said. It was something at about, the very beginning of the movie? Something yeah, about, when, when they're in the, the hangar. Oh, dang. I, I knew it was dreams significant. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when you're awake. Mm. That was the good, uh, that was a good quote. I like that one. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember it, but, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, so... <laughs> So I just think that, and the fact that he took down literally 14, wait, wait, I counted. I made hash marks. Hold on. Oh, really? I like counting. <laughs> I like counting how many. All right, so he, he kills 13 people, 13 Sardukar guards who are supposed to be like the best warriors in the whole galaxy. Yeah. And he gets stabbed by the 14th guy. So a guy stabs <laughs> him right in the chest. And then the guy, the Sardukar warrior just kind of like punches dunking to the ground mm-hmm. and then the other i think there are like six more people that come in yeah and so then they are trying to get through the door to lady jessica and paul but then <laughs> duncan just gets up he comes I back like from the dead he just starts screaming he's like oh and then he pulls the sword out of his own chest and just starts killing them with it mm-hmm. um, he kills three more people that's a total of 16 Sardaukar warriors that are all mm-hmm. ganging up on him. He kills them all just with like one sword or two swords, slitting throats and stabbing heads and everything. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with that assessment. Um, and then yeah, best performance. I got to go with with uh, with our with our guy Poe, um, Oscar <laughs> Isaac as, as Duke Lido Atreides. I mean, like you said, he just has to juggle so much, and you really do feel the love he has for his son. You know, mm-hmm. can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, I could. And <laughs> it was a great, I mean, that's the one thing about this movie too. Like it's, it's all about family and connection. Family. <laughs> family. Yeah. Dominic Toretto makes an appearance in the post credit scene. Dom would that? approve. He, he would totally approve of this movie. <laughs> he, he's riding his 79 Dodge Charger on top of a sandworm. I know. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, just what what else can be said about the Duke, our boy, our boy, the Duke? Um, he actually, you know, one of his final things. So spoiler alert: he dies in this movie, and Doctor Yui puts a, a fake tooth in the back of his mouth, and the, and then when he has the meeting with the Baron and all of his guards, he can take them all out by biting mm-hmm. down on that tooth, and so he does, and that's his final act of of heroism, is just. Um, protecting his family by trying to kill the baron eventually the baron does get away um mm-hmm. but yeah i would i would totally agree with your assessment speaking of the Dang. baron what do you think of the villain uh, 
I think the villain was okay. I would have seen. I would have liked him to see like just do more. Like uh, the the scenes he one scene he was just like eating a whole feast. <laughs> like okay, yeah. we don't really need like. I mean, I guess he's just like showing how how powerful he is. Um, but he does have like very good significant points of like showing his authority to his um to his henchmen or or just the people below him um and like he does get away and so he's gonna come back for the second movie or or part two of the book later in the book Mm -hmm. um but yeah i I mean he's a very powerful figure from what i can like from what i saw um and yeah I, i think he's a very very significant in the whole plot i am pretty sure paul and him are gonna have a showdown hopefully but i don't know if he can i don't know if he can move that fast so i mean look the guy can float (laughs) yeah he could he could just like fly above paul and just shoot him with a with a fist or something (laughs) i'm not gonna spoil it i'm not gonna spoil it but yeah i totally agree he's very um i would also like to add just he he's very menacing Uh And I didn't know how they were going to make him look from the book, but it's a perfect translation. I mean, in the book, he's just very fat and very (laughs) slimy and he's always eating. Um, Yeah. What a great, what a, what a great villain. He will definitely play more into the second part. That's what, that's why it's hard to judge this movie, but so much because any of the criticism that you have, you have to wait until you see the second one. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Cause it's not like, this is half of a story. Um, so you can't really judge a book by half of what you read. I mean, you got to finish it and then kind of go from there. So that's why it's kind of difficult. But yeah, the villain, uh, the Baron Harkonnen was definitely good. Um, yeah, I liked him. What else can we talk about, bro? We talked about uh, the worms. Uh, I mean, what do you think of Zendaya? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, she's more of a, a character. That has more of the uh, voiceovers, and then we don't really get to see her until the end of the movie. Um, I thought she was gonna have a big role in the movie. I thought like she would be right. running around with him, but I didn't realize until the group of people that she was with wouldn't be a significant role until the very end of the movie. Um, so, because I like I saw her on the cover of the. Uh, the poster and i'm like oh maybe she'll have like a very good role or just have a lot of screen time i mean she had like a decent amount but not as big as i thought it would be um yeah but i also like how all those characters have like blue eyes like they're yeah, you really say yeah the the fremen the, yeah yeah fremen yeah they're the whole eye all the pretty much their whole eye is blue not just like their iris so that was cool yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, I do like the Fremen design as well. Um, and they also have the the nose things where it looks like you have an oxygen tank up your, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they have those to kind of just capture the water and everything because water is so scarce out in the desert of Dune. And so, yeah, I, I really just like the character design of those. I mean, they, they really did a great job of just translating everything from the book. And so, but yeah, I, I mean, like I said before, they shouldn't have put Zendaya in so much. Mm. because the marketing department, I mean, it, it's just like, cause she's, I knew people were going to be disappointed. They're going to be like, Oh, she wasn't in it enough. I, if you know anything about the book, you know, she's not in it a lot. Oh. Second half. And so, you know, I kind of knew that was going to, was going to happen, but 
Yeah, I like the Fremen. I'm glad you mentioned that. There is that one action scene at the end of the movie where it is um, Paul and he has to prove his worth to these Fremen. Mm. And so he goes to battle with a guy named Jameis. Um, oh, this is an interesting point. So I, I spoke earlier about Paul having these visions of the future. And he does have a vision of him being this big warrior and they're fighting the, the Harkonnens later on, which I'm assuming will be a, soon in, a scene in the, in the second movie. Um, mm-hmm. But he also has a lot of visions of Zendaya's character, Chani. And so he kind of can tell stuff that's going to happen because he's supposed to be this chosen one figure. And so when he is doing having these visions, one of the visions is, oh, he's friends with this guy named Jameis. And so, and like, there's a voiceover, he hears a voice that says, trust in your friends. And Jameis is shown as one of his friends. Then we get to the end of the movie and Jameis is like, yeah, I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> so, and then I, I'm not really clear why. I think it's just like an honor thing or whatever. But uh-huh. it's interesting because now it kind of shows us the as the audience that, yeah, Paul's visions might not be that accurate. And so even if it shows him being this great warrior, maybe he won't be, you know? And so I kind of like the juxtaposition of that. And I noticed that the second time too. First time I wasn't really paying attention to it. The second time <laughs> it was like, yeah, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I don't know. And then, and then Jameis was there. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, so then Jameis and, and Paul go ham on each other. And Paul, you know, it, it, it's mostly like fist fighting. And then you have those little daggers. And mm-hmm. um, actually, the dagger is significant. It's called a Chris knife, which is way over explained in the book. But for the movie, I'm glad they didn't because you don't need to. You don't need to know. Is it, no, are they just of... like significant weapons? Like they don't have anything. Are they just actually just weapons? Like nothing's like they don't have like powers or special abilities or they're nope, just a just dagger. A, it's it's mostly. Yeah, it's mostly just the, the lore of the weapon. OK, OK. It's like huh. when you're, I don't know, your grandpa has an old car that hasn't run for 20 years, but he used to do a lot of like cool stuff with it, but it's uh-huh. been sitting in the garage. That's okay, kind of what okay. that knife is, you know, mm. just kind of built up the hype. But then it's just at the end of the day, it's just another car. It's just another knife. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, mm. they have a good sparring scene. I don't know. It, it didn't really stick out to me. It kind of showed more to Paul's character because he had never killed a man before. His mom had to shout that out to people yeah because <laughs> because he was because paul was like oh yield when do you yield and then mm-hmm. you know everyone's like oh and then <laughs> and then everyone's like and then stilgar the leader of the fremen he's like oh we don't yield here this is to the death and then yeah you can see paul's face kind of like light up or whatever and then his mom lady jessica she says oh yeah paul he's never killed anybody before <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's um, that was he. She didn't need to gaslight her son like that. <laughs> but yeah, pretty good, pretty good sparring scene. You know, um, yeah. Paul kills Jameis with a, a literal backstab, which mm-hmm. I think was another kind of way of the director showing like, hey, look, this might be this might come in down the line, you know, so. Yeah, that's all. I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. I mean, yeah. it's not an action movie. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's it's not an action movie, but it's a good movie. Like it's a good really... movie. That's the thing. So literally on IMDb, Dune. Mm-hmm. When you look up Dune, it's listed as 
the first little tag for it is action. Really? Huh. Second is adventure. Third is drama. There's not even a sci-fi tag in this. Interesting. I could see adventure and drama and sci-fi. Well, I mean, yeah, they have some action scenes, but it's not, it's not, not, Ooh. not from our scale of what we consider action. So absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, so I think we've pretty much, as an action movie podcast, I think we've said all we can say about <laughs> this mm-hmm. movie before getting into some other things. So why don't we just go ahead and we can move into the favorite part uh, of this movie? And I think we've already touched on it before, uh, but I'll let you go first. And then, you know, if you have anything else to say about it, but. Yeah, I mean, my I mentioned this earlier, it's just Aquaman saving the day. Um I liked his part where he came back from the dead because the the henchmen were well the henchmen were actually using like this like super laser that cuts through this wall um and they actually showed that like super laser earlier in the movie where like a ship was using that laser to just like mow down buildings (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and so yeah that just scope of powerful weapon um was taking place and just trying to get into the room that the Paul and his mom were in because they were trying to escape. Um, but then Aquaman saves the day when he comes back from the dead uh, and takes out all those guys. Um, I, I, I overall like the, the action part right there just because, yeah, it was a very condensed hallway, but then he was taking out all those guys pretty easily. Um, I also like all the fighting. Um, they, they have an interesting style of fighting, I think. Um, they, like, from what I saw from the initial scenes like of how they wielded the weapon they kind of take the dagger from what i saw and they like you flip it upside down and they kind of use it to go like in a boxing motion as well mm-hmm. um as from you what i jabs. saw yeah 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 exactly exactly um but then like they will flip the knife back around like normally and then use that as, as a sword um but yeah, that the whole scene when he comes back and saves the day, that was that was my favorite part of the movie. Uh just because I was just looking, oh, what is what is the action in this movie? Um and then yeah, I mean and then he had his other scene in the palace. Um, him like taking down henchmen as well is very impressive. Um, because you know, he's he's very close with the family, and so he's trying to do his best to to help them in any way. And so yeah, that was my favorite scene. Yeah, I mean, I I literally have to agree. I can't. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe there's okay. I guess I can say that, but there are also two other scenes. So uh, you guys know me. I I like more of the the talking and stuff too, uh, more so than my my co-host here. Um, <laughs> there's a scene very very early in the movie with Paul and his dad, and they're on this ocean cliff. They're still in Caladan at this point. They haven't gone to Arrakis aka dune yet and they're just talking in this graveyard and it's day and it looks like if you guys remember thor ragnarok where thor and his sister hella are on the cliffside and thor's talking to his dad i got those vibes i'll be honest Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. uh paul's talking to his dad and paul's like i don't want to be the the heir to the throne and and then, you know, his dad just talks sense into him. He's like, you know what? If anything happens to me, you are the heir. You can't do anything about it. You just have to live up to those standards. 
And I just thought it was a great pep talk. I also thought it was a great scene between father and son. It really just showed the love that was there. You know, they never really argued in this movie because there's there's no hate. I mean, it's literally the, just the, the whole family unit was so good. Um, and then that scene was really good. I don't know. It just it kind of be hitting different. There's another scene also. It looked beautiful was when Lady Jessica and Paul escape the um, the headquarters on Dune that the Caladan have set up. And they're just kind of looking over the sand dune <laughs> um, at the at the city that or the not the city, but just the, the base that has been destroyed. And I mean, you can just see the fire and it's early morning. The sun isn't quite up yet. The two moons are still out. You've got two moons, a big moon and a small moon. And it's kind of just lighting the desert, but with the moonlight. And then you've got this, just the smoke rising, and it's the two of them just looking out, and they realize that everything they've tried to build here is just being destroyed. And so, I don't know, that's a really good scene, not just with the acting, but just with the cinematography in general. Like that, those two scenes stick out to me as far as, and then obviously they meet the worm in that scene too, which is epic, you know, but... Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, that's, you can't say much more about that, but, um, yeah, I mean, just that whole scope of it all, it just really lets it sink in like, wow, they've really lost everything now. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, my, my favorite scene scene would be the same, would be the hallway fight scene. Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, seeing Duncan give his life for the, for the lady, Jessica and Paul, and it just, it, it, it's good. I can't literally say anything else about it. His death was very impactful, I got to say. Um, so, yeah. All right. So that is our favorite part of Dune 2021. Now, let's not let's go to the, the not so favorite part. We're going to do our does not pass the vibe check section for Dune. So this is where if you're new, this is where we just kind of break down what didn't work for you. You know, what didn't work for us is when we were watching this movie. Um, and so, yeah. So, Alex, I guess we'll start with you. I see your point here first. Yeah. Okay. Um, so me doesn't pass the vibe check. Um, it's just a slow movie. Like it, it just like took a lot of effort for me to like stay zoned in of what was happening. Cause yeah, I mean like the plot was interesting, but it's just like a lot of talking here and there. Um, like the voiceovers and then the flash, like the flashes are like interesting, but it's just like, uh, for me, I just rather see the action happening, like things being done. Um, and not, nothing wrong with this movie. It's just it's just a slow movie for me. Um, and it was also a long movie. As it was like two and a half hours, I think. Um, so just like it dragging on, I think it just didn't like work out. Like it was just not in my favor how it was kind of a, a movie that was just being dragged on. But then again, it was the... Uh, the whole plot was just being taken place and you have to understand like, Oh, the whole movie is just this length because of the special pieces of the plot. So, but I mean, nothing against it. Like slow, slower movies are for different other different types of people. For me, it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah. I get um, it. Slower movies are for slower people. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. I mean, that is a valid complaint i mean you know this movie won't be for everybody um uh -huh. so i guess for my does not pass the vibe check section so jason momoa duncan idaho aquaman he has his famous trademark beard at the beginning of the movie 
And eventually he goes out to spy on Dune. He's like the, the first party that really goes out there before the Caladan family gets out there. And so he comes back. And then later on in the movie, that beard is nowhere to be found. Now, I don't remember this in the book. I don't even know if that character had a beard in the book and if he did shave it in the book. I mean, he's trying to go undercover with the Fremen, but the Fremen had beards too, so why would he have to shave? I don't get it. I don't know. But anyway, Aquaman no longer has his beard in the last half of the movie where most of the action is. And I was talking to to Mo. uh, Shout out to Mo about this movie, about Dune. We both saw it. Uh, He knew I liked it, so he reached out. And he, he pointed this out to me. And I'm like, that's exactly what was different about it. It was his beard. <laughs> like, we both agreed. We're like, yeah, that ain't right. It does not pass the vibe check. So I, <laughs> I don't think they should have shaved his beard in this movie. That's the only thing. That's really like the main thing that stuck out to me. They should have had hmm. his beard. I don't know what you thought about the beard situation. I didn't uh, catch it. I didn't catch it. Yeah. It, I knew there was something off about it, but it took Mo to tell me. <laughs> I realized that was it. Um, so shout out mo thank you for that but yeah uh that's that's what doesn't pass the vibe check for me it's the it's the beard for show dang see normally i catch those things but i didn't catch that (laughs) i know you catch like the stylistic (laughs) choices more than me i i catch yeah i don't know um cool 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 Alrighty, moving on rating system so we are going to measure our rating system today out of sandworms um also known as super mega worm like the game on your ipod back in 2010 um <laughs> uh, i i i i'm gonna rate it through two different different ways i'm gonna do it by an action like an action rating and then i'll do it like as an overall rating so that's fair uh, yeah so overall rating i think it's a very good movie um all the camera work is great. And then all the characters, uh, even though there's a bunch of characters, I think every single character has a great role in the movie. Um, and then uh, Paul's perspective, I, I kind of like how they have like the the voiceovers and then his like flashes. I think that's a great aspect of the movie as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it's like that in the book where it kind of like bounces around. Um, is that right, Mason? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it, it kind of okay, okay. Yeah, it, it's the same way. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, if they were trying to portray the book like that way and trying to keep it fairly similar, um, then yeah. So I think they did a great job with that. So overall, movie wise, I think was like five out of five. But then like action wise, I think I would say two and a half out of five. <laughs> and that's generous. <laughs> yeah um i would say just i mean low low action rating just because not not really like they had some action scenes but it wasn't like very significant for for me to like talk about um i mean there was a couple other scenes where like the adrenaline was pumping but like it wasn't very actiony so like one of the scenes was they're trying to save the spice from one of the the mega worms um, they weren't able to, but I mean, that was more just getting the blood flow in type of scene. It wasn't like super action packed, um, but yeah, overall, like action wise, two and a half out of five overall though, five out of five. Um, 
I would watch the second movie, but uh, I wouldn't go to the movie theaters and spend the movie ticket. <laughs> I watch on well, HBO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I can. You know what? I respect that, and I'm glad you did the separate rating too, because um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna just take out the action for me. I'm just gonna take it because it, it it doesn't really play a factor into it. So yeah, exactly. I have a lot of factors that are going into my rating as far as the adaptation goes of the book, mm -hmm. um, it's literally the perfect adaptation. Literally. Nothing I could think of. And actually, there were added scenes in this movie that weren't oh. even in the book. And Dang. they worked so well. Like the scene where the Fremen guy, Stilgar, he meets at the, the base in on Dune. Like he has that little meeting and they spit on the table. Oh, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And they, they, I was like, wow, this feels like it could have been in the book. Um mm -hmm. And so I just the adaptation wise and the fact that I mean, the, the cinematography, obviously, we've talked about it a bunch, but it's one of the best I've ever seen. Um, and they made this world feel so grand and so big. You actually feel mm. like you're on a different planet, you know. Um, and so the performances, nobody was bad in this movie. No, even like the minor, minor characters that have like two lines, they're still good, you know. And and everybody feels so fleshed out. I mean, you really took the best parts of the of the book and you left out the the stuff that people don't need and made it into this perfect movie experience as far as just the the adaptation of this book. And so, with that in mind, with the design of everything, with the the ornithopter you know helicopter things and the sandworms and the and just the bass um, and the ships and everything and the sound design, the music we didn't even talk about. The music <laughs> complements the movie so well that you forget it's even there. Like True. some of it's a lot of organ, um, but it's kind of like an 80s synth organ, which totally mm. worked with the, just the grand scope of it. It's just like these few notes that Hans Zimmer does with the score of this movie that make it just feel so big. And, you know, mad props to the, the people that were on this movie and mad props for Warner brothers to actually make a second one. If they didn't make a second one, I would be pissed because <laughs> there's so much potential. I mean, the second part of the book is way better than the first part of the book. So that's why I'm saying like, if you were on the fence about this one, I would say, check out the second one. It's going to be a lot more action. I'm not going to spoil it, but if they make it the same way as they did the first part, there's going to be a lot more action in the second part. Um, mm. But I hope they change a few things, but we'll cross that road when we get to it. But yeah, I'm going to just say it's a five out of five movie. Yeah. I, I, I know it stretches and I know it's long and I know it feels drier than the planet itself. But listen, <laughs> it has to be that way to make yeah. the story. Like, I think in the future, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, we'll still be talking about this movie and we'll still be talking about the second part of this movie. And if it's, it keeps up the quality, it's going to create one maybe let's say, I don't know, six hour, five hour movie, but it'll be, you know, that it's just, it'll be worth it, you know, when the story is complete. And so, you know, any gripe that you could have about it, oh, Zendaya wasn't in it enough. Oh, the villain wasn't in it enough. It's not this movie's fault because it did exactly what it needed to. And so that's why I'm saying it's five out of five sandworms, bro. Mm -hmm. so. Do you think they'll do like, so say the second movie is very successful do you think they'll continue to make movies per book? Like that's a good question. How many? I don't how many movies? Split it up because the uh -huh. books, the 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 subsequent books aren't as long as the first book. Okay. Um, okay. But uh. that's a good question. I don't know. 
I don't know because I could see it mm-hmm. going that way, but also like the next Star Wars franchise, I guess, but it's based on books instead. So I don't know. That's a good question. I think they might mm-hmm. pump on the brakes a little bit after the second one comes out, the second part, um, just see how it does. But if it's really successful, I'm sure they'll keep doing it. Because mm-hmm. um, it gave me it gave me Star Wars vibes. And so... Well, like funny Star- thing you mentioned that. Yeah, because Star Wars had like the first three movies, four, five, and six. And then from the one, two, and three, like uh, they continue that. And then they also had seven eight nine and then the two spin-offs and so and it's been yeah, a, so. you know a franchise has been around for almost 50 years so exactly so you know, but i I'm, i i like that you mentioned that it gave you a star wars vibe because star wars actually took a lot from the dune book mm-hmm. you know such as tatooine was based on arrakis based on dune mm-hmm. you know tatooine where you know Luke skywalker <laughs> grew up um you have the twin sun uh with the sunset that was in uh-huh. dune um so it's kind of funny how like this movie had to not do things because Star Wars did it, even though it was based on the book. <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> the, the two sons in the in the Dune book were a huge presence. Like it's on the cover of the cover of the book mm-hmm. and everything. But yeah, um, so that's that's the that's the rating system, bro. I think we kind of nailed it on the head as far as just getting it the right what it's due. You know, I mean, we're an action movie podcast, but at the end of the day, this ain't an action movie. Um, <laughs> You know, even though IMDb says it is, mm. they can't cool. be trusted. Wow. All righty. Last segment of the podcast. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> this is a banger of a question. This is way. a good one. This is a good one. I thought of this this morning when I was trying to think of a fun fact we can discuss. And so the question is, if you had a million dollars, what would you spend on it? What would you spend the million dollars first? So Mason, you want to take it away? What is your I first mean, purchase with the million? My first dollars? purchase would be Tinder Pro. <laughs> so I can have unlimited swipes, unlimited super swipes. Listen, you gotta grind, all right? You gotta get on the grind. And I think that, if I it, just put my bio, yeah, I've got 999. Wait, how about 99 million dollars in change left? You know, after I buy the super swipes, people would flock to me. Isn't you know? it like five dollars a month or something like that? Yeah. So if I if I had a million dollars, I would just spend it on that for eternity. I think that's all I would spend it on. Oh my gosh! You know what? I might go balls to the wall and do it on a uh, on Bumble and Hinge and and Match dot com and Farmers Only. I'll do it on all of them. I'll get the premium experience. Well, I did <laughs> not expect you were looking. For? I, I did not expect that. <laughs> I I wouldn't think it would be the uh, the premium premium subscription on dating apps. <laughs> well, what would you do with the million dollars then? Uh, uh, if I had a million dollars, I think my first purchase. Um, I think it's. I mean, I don't know if it's cliche or not, but I think since I do like to take nice and calming vacations i would purchase like a a beach house and like have my own like private beach and so i can always just go there and just chill and so yeah i i like uh deck it out with everything you know have its own pool as well um you know try to like like host like 
just have a lot of people over so it'd be like pretty massive beach house um and then you. yeah <laughs> i'll bring my tinder date if i get one <laughs> okay and then just having like a you know nice little private beach to yourself and all the the land that you could get with the million dollars yeah i i would totally uh, be down for that dang that's hype would you stay would you go like in the caribbean or where would you go hmm that's a good question yeah i i think exploring outside of the uh the u.s would be cool so any tropical area would be cool now would you how would you would you like live off the land like would you drink coconut milk and go spear fishing every day or what i don't know i okay i don't think i would be spear fishing i i don't think it would be that private but like (laughs) so you have like a walmart up the way (laughs) yeah 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 maybe like maybe like near a like booming city but not too close to it but i still have the essentials around my private area i think Mm. would be ideal yeah, but it wouldn't be like out in the boonies, you know. This is my, this is my place. This is my coconut tree, you know. I I grew a coconut tree. <laughs> um, Bro, I can't wait to get to your to to party up at your beach house. My million dollar beach house. Yeah, and then I'll end up sleeping on your your floor. <laughs> it's not carpet this time. It's a uh, hardwood bamboo oak. <laughs> yeah. And the blanket will just be a bunch of uh, leaves, palm tree leaves, yeah, palm tree leaves, yeah. <laughs> Dang, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good goal for that million dollars. It's a first purchase. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe uh, I should rethink mine now. I, I don't know. Mine just kind of seems a little trivial. Uh, maybe I'll I get just... a beach house right next to yours. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, <laughs> just be neighbors. I just really enjoy the uh, the nature at the beach. Well, it's not really nature. Or I guess just environment at the beach and just being away from everything. Very yeah, soothing. get away from the hustle and bustle, man. Mm-hmm. Cool. Life. All right, should we wrap this up? A time to get a McRib. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say? Time to get a McRib. <laughs> Bro, you actually got me onto that. Like once you said it, I, I had no intention of getting it, but now. I have I to try know. it. I think I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent but. too much this weekend. Alex knows the purchases I've made. I'm not <laughs> but not good stuff. Anyway. Mm. Cool. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, guys, thank you for voting. I mean, obviously, this would not even, this could have looked very differently. You know, this could have been X2, <laughs> but you guys voted. So we thank you for that. We're going to have another poll up probably this week. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to pick. I don't know what Alex is going to pick. Maybe he'll pick X2 again. Um, I don't know. And maybe I'll pick. I don't know what I'll pick. Uh, you're going to you're going to do the Dune 1980s version and I'll do X, <laughs> X2 as well. Dune no, I was thinking like if I really wanted to win against you, I would just do another new movie. Like I'd do Eternals. Uh, well, I but mean, everyone's I'm not going to be I'm not going to do that to you. I mean, if you put Eternals and I didn't put Eternals, then like I would vote <laughs> for Eternals as well. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should just do Eternals next week then. I don't know. Mm. I'm not no, even that uh, interested in it. Are you? Yeah, I'm interested in it, but I wouldn't be able to take notes. I want to like fully like See, digest the, the movie. I, look, I literally tried taking notes in the theater for Dune <laughs> and it looks like garbage. 
I, it doesn't even look like legible handwriting. It looks like I wrote it with my left hand as a baby. It doesn't, you can't read it, but whatever we got down the pipe, we're laying pipe right now for future projects. We don't know what we're going to review next, but thank you so much for tuning in. It means a lot. Go check out the Insta. I don't know what we have up there now, just the posts for this. Um, so go give that a like, give it a thumbs up, go comment. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Shout out to Badlands Chugs. He literally chugged a gallon of baked beans in an episode with the bomb hot sauce from Hot Ones. Um, he's probably going through cardiac arrest right now. I'm not sure. Uh, that was a crazy video. You got to go watch it. So shout out to him. He's been our, her, our guiding light. Um, yeah, shout out to, to Sandworms, you know. Shout out to Dune. Great movie. I don't know what else to say. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, if we have something else up as far as a poll, go vote for that. We really do appreciate the feedback and everything. It's fun. Uh, we had a lot of people vote this time. So, um, yeah. So go check all that out. Insta, Spotify. I don't know. Alex is yawning over there. He's already <laughs> checked out. He checked out half an hour ago. It's like the movie <laughs> Dune. <laughs> checked out the last half hour. Uh, oh. But no, yeah, guys. Uh, Thanks so much. Yeah. Alex, you got anything to say? Uh, nothing really. Just uh, thanks for all the support. It means a lot. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Yep. Catch you guys on Flippity Flip. flip.